What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the American Express 2024 DraftKings DFS preview. We're going to have picks. We're going to do our 6K draft. At the end of the show, we're going to do a special segment, Pontificate with Pat. That should be enjoyable. I promise you that. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of Pat, Pat, how you feeling? You doing good? I'm good. I'm good. Um, feeling a little swollen? You look a little swollen. Yeah. Well, spam will do that to you. I had to eat spam on the on the betting show because I lost a bet to you. And who knew that only, I mean, it wasn't bad, but only three little spoonfuls of spam is about all the sodium content that you need for a whole week. So, yeah, I'm feeling, I, I you know, I never have felt like if my head, like, you know, if my face was swelling, like I knew it was swelling, but now I can feel it. In my eyeballs, mm -hmm. you know, it's just I don't I don't like it. I don't yeah, like it was enjoyable to watch you take it down, sir. Um, thanks to you losing the bet, JJ Spawn, Andrew Putnam. It was a good time. It was a good. It was a fun week. We had a great time in the Discord last week. I gave some highlights in the Discord on the last show. It was a good time. But uh, and I want to give I want to give a shout out to our Siwoo beer uh, uh, beer sleeve winner who followed at bet the number you had to follow at bet the number on twitter at btn golf on twitter justin i believe it's i don't know if i'm guessing it's pronounced justin depp dup d-u-e-p-p -P, twitter handle at jdiz1617 you are the winner sir so reach out to us email us info at tourjunkies.com or dm at tour underscore junkies on twitter if you're in the discord which i think you are i can't remember I don't know. I don't know. Uh, messages on there. Whatever. Get in touch with us. We'll get you your Siwoo and beer sleeve goodies. Um, Pat, you know, I want to I want to hit you with something here. Remember when I texted you over the weekend and I just said, Pat, dot, dot, dot. And you said, yes. And then I said, yeah, I was wondering. You, and you just but you didn't. There was a long pause. Yeah. And then it was just never mind. Yeah. Because I wanted to wait. As I, as I realized what I was about to text you, I was like, you know what? I'm going to save that for the show. Last week, we talked about your boy. Your beta boy, Rory McIlroy. Oh, yeah. And you said, I don't think Rory's a beta. And I said, and I gave you, and I and I meant this. I oh, said, We talked about that on the, t the Tour Junkies show that doesn't have a name. Oh, that was a Tour Thursday show. That yeah, it doesn't have a name. I said, I don't know that I... I agree. He's probably not a beta in real life, maybe. Seems like a beta on the course. I think that's what I said. Mm -hmm. um, definitely pulled a major beta move. Yeah, in, I saw it. I mean, the guy three-jacked from 12 feet, and then with a one-shot lead on the final hole over Tommy Ladd, duck hooks one into the water. And I literally saw this, and the first thought in my mind was, damn it, Rory. He, <laughs> you're not helping me out here and to lose to tommy lad who some would say is is like kind of beta himself when it comes to the pj tour and closing doors now i disagree as a tommy well, did tommy like have like two or three birdies in a row to close out that term now rory lost it i agree yeah. but fleetwood did come up there and say all right well rory you're gonna beta out here i'm gonna i'm gonna be the less beta beta and it was just a beta fest out there. It was unbelievable. But um, I wanted to wait until I could get you on the show. And 
and drop that. I, no, I mean, I did. I, that was the first thing I, when I thought about it. I was like, damn it. And, I, you know, he didn't help me any with, with what happened because he was lighting it up in that golf tournament for most of that golf tournament. So, And then it just so happened that a guy who I'm sure Rory doesn't like for a lot of reasons that other people on the Internet seem not to like this person, but a guy who Rory allegedly got into a shouting match with, I believe it was for the June 6th PIF PGA announcement meetings or whatever, uh, that he told to shut up and play better, Mr. Grayson Murray, is a guy that from that point then went on to win on the Corn Ferry Tour. I think he won the Simmons Bank, the event Tennessee, and then closed the door and dropped a 40-footer on the first playoff hole to uh, to to win on the PJ Tour for his second time. Uh, the first time was an alternate field event, but it was an interesting Sunday for Mr. Rory, I believe. I, I'm I'm sure he was not cheering for for Grayson if he if he was tracking alone at home. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, maybe he gave him the motivation. I do think it, the it's a. I'm not sure it was the June sixth. I think it was almost two years ago, and it was the like oh, when they had that big meeting at the Travelers. You remember and. There were like Ricky came and no, I thought I, it was I this know. year because Grayson went off on Jay. I, which I, I think I'm remembering this right. Tony can maybe fact check us, but I think I'm remembering this right. Grayson said something about said something to Jay Monahan about we can't trust you. I didn't know and, if there was a um, which if that's the case, if that's how it happened, shout out Grayson Murray because more people should have been saying that to Jay Monahan. All along, yeah. And now he's right, and and Rory looks like a dingbat. For well, I agree. I do think that. though, like if you're like if you're thinking about this, I didn't know we were getting into the Thursday show. Got, show I didn't call, either. But, I'm sorry. But sorry. if you're thinking about this from a standpoint, let's just say you you work for a company and you're having a company wide meeting, and one of the the guys in your company who is not necessarily a great performer, who has had a past of of being a little bit too outspoken on Twitter. And this is, I mean, look, this is literally the opposite of what we talked about with Grayson the last show. So I'm kind of contradicting myself because I, I love Grayson. I think what he's done is great and, and the win is fantastic. And what he's done with his life is awesome. But you, you go back seven, eight months ago. Okay. Right. And somebody like that says something outspoken to a leader in a meeting. I, I kind of would be like, Hey, I don't know if you're the one that's actually should be speaking up right here. You know, yeah. I would probably think the same way Rory. Now, I probably wouldn't say anything, but that's kind of what I would be thinking. I, I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's a fair argument. Uh, Producer Tony's helping us research here. McElroy only responded to Grayson when Grayson was going off on tangents, outbursts, saying, like, we don't trust you, Jay. You should resign right now. You lied to our face. An anonymous player told Brentley Romine about the about the moment leading up to Murray's response. No. Uh, I forgot exactly what led to this, but Rory goes, just play better, Grayson, and that got a bad response from the crowd. I mean, again, everything Grayson said right there, he should uh, more players should have been saying from the jump. Um, and Rory, I'm not sure it was... It was Grayson he, probably... Yeah. He, sh he shouldn't have been really the one to speak up, and neither should Rory that right there either. Like, I mean, I don't... Yeah. Anyway, it was an interesting Sunday as Rory choked it away. And uh, and Grayson goes on to win the Sony Open. Um, nobody had him. 
He was sub 1% owned in DFS. A lot of DFS tournaments were won without him. It was quite interesting. Now, you know, uh, there was some great discussion, showdown discussion in the DFS, in the Discord um, this week. And I know there was some successes there in the showdown world. So props to, uh, to everybody for chiming in there. If you don't know, our, our friend Byron, the model maniac, is regularly contributing in the Discord, including doing a weekly showdown round four chat live in the Discord. He was also he also joined us on the betting show this week to go over his model over on Bet the Number. And just another reason to be in the Discord. Great community, people helping each other out. Great people like Byron contributing. Hop in the Discord if you're not already. Uh, the link is in the description of the video or podcast. All right, let's. I, I want to talk about... One last thing on the Sony, the Sony postmortem here, DFS postmortem. Your perfect lineup, Pat, you would have only spent $45,400 of your $50,000 allotted salary cap space in DraftKings with just under 50% total ownership. You would have rostered one 9K player, two 8K players, and three 6K players for the perfect lineup that would have been Grayson Murray, Ben On, Keegan Bradley, Russell Henley, Carl Yuan, and who, Pat? Mr. Um, Pavon, what's his first name? Oh, Mathieu. <laughs> Mathieu Pavon. Yes. God bless yes. him. <laughs> yes, God. God bless him and you. Uh, overall, it was kind of a... It was a bad week for the chalk. It was definitely yeah. a bad week for the chalk. You were fine fading the entire 10K range, which... which like we talked about on the Monday show, and then other people also talked about doing it. But then by the time Wednesday came around, everybody was looking at like Hatton and Ludwig and Cameron, who else? Fitzpatrick was maybe up there at 10K or somewhere up there and going, like, Ooh, I'm getting these low owned studs. And then they actually got rostered more than I thought they would. Um, the 6K range was an absolute gold mine if you were willing to dig. That is a great takeaway for next year. I've yeah. logged a lot of this stuff and more in the Discord research thread if you've not checked that out already, including some uh, DFS postmortems from the 2023 and 2022 Amex, all in the research tab over in the Discord. So uh, well, We were 5 of 6, too, I believe, on our 6K draft making the cut. And here's another we thing, were. too. Like, you go to the Discord, and, you know, when, you, when we went and did the shows – the DFS show, especially on, on Monday night, we kind of both were of the mindset of we might skip over the 8K range because of just the way it looked. But from what you just said, and I came in, I know on the chat Wednesday night, and I said, look, when I'm looking at this and where the ownership is and seeing a lot of talk about skipping over the 8K range, I don't want to discount the 8K range. Harris English was the one that I kind of gravitated towards who did okay. Yeah. And, um, but... It, I, I didn't like obviously two of the 8k guys were in the perfect lineup so when you start to see a narrative at the beginning of the week you know kind of play out like well you know maybe we shouldn't just ignore a range you know in you know in particular now in this case too the 10k range the same thing you could you could ignore that one and, and it worked out but again we got to be looking out for those things and we talk about those in the discord chat on Wednesday night yep yep um, speaking of avoiding the chalk, the American Express has been an event that if you have like, this is, this might be, and I'm trying not to like live in the moment here, but this might be the number one fade the chalk event of this season every year. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure 
it's got to be up there. In DFS, historically, the chalk has absolutely sucked here. It's the, you know, it's, and it's probably a lot to do with the pro-am format, three different golf courses, um, you know, playing with amateurs the first 54 holes, easier pin locations, leading to what John Rahm called an effing putting contest. And then he went on to win last year without gaining strokes putting, which is crazy. Uh, of course, John Rahm is not here. He is with Liv. But there is plenty of variance at the American Express. We talked about on the betting show, three of the last five winners, one at over 100, 150 to one with Hudson Swafford, Andrew Landry, and Adam Long. So with all of the variance here at the MX, I mean, I do not commit to players before you get a firm understanding of where that chalk's going to be. Uh, we'll, we'll have the, uh, you know, the chalk report, the, the ownership report up in the Discord on Tuesday for the first run, updating it on Wednesday evening, checking about four to five, six different sites with ownership and aggregating all that for you so that you can see where things are. But this is one of those weeks. Don't be afraid to do it. So as we look in the 9K and above range, Pat, let's start making some guesses on the chalk. Uh, let me pull up, bet the number here in my prices. So I wrote down a handful of names. <clears throat> and there's a lot of names in this 9K. It goes all the way up to 11K with Scotty Scheffler, 11.4. I think... You know, one of the first places we look for ownership is people with great course history. Sung JM is has a fantastic course history here, right? Sung Jay, Scotty, because he's Scotty, also a good, good record here. I think Poston's going to be popular being only 9,100 and playing as well as he is. I think Cantlay, I, I think Shep, I don't, I don't know what to think. I think Scheffler and Cantlay might squeeze Xander a little bit or they might all kind of just be near the same. But I, I want to. I would rank those top three and most popular being like Scheffler and then Cantlay and then Xander. Um, one of the ones I have a question on is what are people going to do with Minwoo Lee? Because the DFS like tout Twitter community can't wait to play Minwoo Lee. We we all love Minwoo Lee. We love the Stingers. We love Let Him Cook. His social media hype videos as Lululemon. You know. But will people like will the general public roster Minwuli at a chalky level? I actually wrote him down as a fade if he's chalk. Um, and I do think there I is think. gonna I think there's gonna be a little bit of chalk to him, but he's one of the like when you go to see the first run of ownership in the Discord chat, like I always there's always a few guys that are like I'm immediately gonna go to to look, and he's one he's obviously gonna be the first one. I really want to see where he is. Now, a not chalky Minwoo Lee, I don't think you fade. I think you could play him. But I do feel like there's going to be a little bit of chalk on him. I think you're right up top with, um, you know, the guys like Scotty, Xander, and Cantlay. I think it's going to be a little bit spread out, but I think all three are going to be somewhat chalky with Scheffler being the most chalky. Um, so we'll see there. But but then again, Sunjay is going to be chalky. And I think the, the pivots here are going to be guys like Tom Kim, I think, um, you know, you look at, you know, a Justin Thomas maybe. Yeah, that was the other one I was wondering about. What are people going to do with JT? I think he's I think he's not going to be. I, I would say 9-10%. He's, he's got to be higher than that. I people mean, unless you love JT. Like, he finished fifth at the Fortinet. They're ready to go. Like, I, people love JT. Yeah, I don't know. I think, There's still been a long narrative all fall 
about how bad his season was. Despite that, like you said, he played well at the Fortinet. Yeah. I think Burns, I think Burns, maybe Jay Day are the two. It, well, sorry, Burns, Fowler, Jay Day, I think are the three lowest owned players. And of those three, Burns is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I rode, rode him hard at the century. He didn't do very well. But, uh, you know, has played well here before. Obviously, in the putting contest, you trust him. Iron play is definitely sus, but Burns would be the one that I would have the most ownership of out of those. Out of Fowler, I think Fowler, Burns, Day are the three lowest. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Burns play. Now, for JT, actually, I have him written down as a play. I do want to play him in DFS, even if he is, even if he is. I don't think he's going to be chalky, but even if he's somewhere 15 or less or so, like I still want to play JT this week. Now, which JT are you referring to? Because the, the best JT is JT Poston. Sorry, no. Justin Thomas. Okay. I think JT uh, Poston is going to be higher owned than Justin Thomas. I do too. I do too. He's playing better. There's, he's cheaper. I, I completely agree. We went off on Sunday. Um, I agree with you there. I, but I'm also preparing. I mean, I've already done DB's Big Balls betting card and JT Poston is on it. So I'm preparing for that to be a full on, you know, outright top 20 bet and completely fade in DFS because I am going to make myself fade 90% of the popular chalk plays at this tournament because this is just one of those tournaments. So I, I see myself doing that. Now, this could be. This is a week you could play 50-50s and double ups. Those cash games on DraftKings, and I think JT Poston is a wonderful start to a cash lineup. Yeah. So I would I would definitely do that. I, I would agree there for a cash lineup. I, I think you could still go back to Chris Kirk for a cash lineup at nine thousand. I mean Kirk has just seems so. Now he did not putt very well over the weekend. Which is um, his yeah. Eye. We're dialed. God, he is so dialed with his irons and off the tee. Like, just just looks so in control of his golf ball. But the putting was not good on the weekend at the um, at the Sony. But I still think a guy like you know, he also seems like you mentioned this when you're playing in these you know pro ams. Kirk's another one, kind of like JT posted. He just doesn't let a whole. He's like. like I don't know how his blood pressure just doesn't get that high. He's just kind of a relaxed guy, but he is. You know he's approachable, and you can talk to him and stuff like that. So I think Kirk is another one that plays could play well in this you know, this format. He had two bad rounds, like you said on the weekend. Round three and round four was pretty bad putting for Kirk. Round two and round one, he was he was he was fine. Yeah. So I mean, if if the putter goes back to where it normally is for Kirk, he continues to hit it well. He could be a really good value down there too. And this is really where we I felt like we started to look at him last year because he finished third here last year. Um, when, you know, I finally got him at the Honda later on when they hit the Florida coast, you know, with the, the butterfly week. Um, but this is one of the weeks we started saying, okay, Kirk is, is, uh, coming back around. So, yep. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move down into the AK range. Pat, tell me, uh, who are the... I have a couple of names here that I think could be chalky, um, but I think there's going to be some names ignored here too. Where do you think the most popular players are going to come? Who, who are those guys in this in this AK range? Well, it's still going to be Eric Cole. Yep, at, at eight eight hundred, I, I just don't see him, um, you know, not being chalky. 
Um, I think, I think Taylor Montgomery is going to have some chalk. Agree. I feel like, you know, we've seen, we saw him play well last week. We saw him finish fifth here last year. Um, and I like Taylor. I like him. You know, when you look at the odds, uh, we talked about on the betting show, I like him at 65 to one. I think I will still play him depending on, you know, you know, what that chalk level is. But, but I do think Montgomery is, is going to have some chalk. Other than that, Cole and Montgomery are the, the two biggest ones. I mean, Putnam could. That I have three Putnam names. Could. I have Cole, I have Putnam, and I ha- or I have Cole Montgomery, and I have Putnam. I think Putnam will be popular. Mm-hmm. It's the course history angle. He was one of the ones too. Like another indicator is kind of who gets steamed in the outright market. Putnam's been steamed down. He opened it like eighty to one. Right now he's fifty-five to one. People are firing bets on Putnam. Um, I, I think you're right. So I, I think those three are 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 your chalk. Yeah. So in cash though, like Cole. I think Cole's probably the one I like the most in cash. I, would, I think so. I would try out Putnam. I actually trust Putnam and Cole a little more than I trust Taylor Montgomery, although it's really interesting. I, I, Montgomery's upside is certainly high, and to see him come out the gate and gain seven strokes with his irons, which is not what he did when he sucked last year. When he did that last week at the Sony, that's a, that, that is something to notice. But in terms of high floor, I think I trust Putnam and Cole a little bit more in cash, 50-50s, double-ups. So in the pivot arena of the 8K range, who are a couple of your favorite pivots here? And who are you no, avoiding? I I, um, I don't think you're going to like my first pivot, but I'm going to pivot to Wyndham Clark. I'm going to pivot to Wyndham. I, did, I think he is going to be so overlooked this week. I don't feel like he's going to have chalk at all. Um, you know, he's a guy that but, – but he pops a little bit when you look at our model on BTN – um, you know, he's up there when you look across the board at, you know, birdie or better percentage, um, you look at, you know, just putting in general, he's a great putter, um, approach play, you know, he's, he played the century and it was not great. T29 at the century is not good in a 49 player field. Uh, but it wasn't probably as bad as I thought it might be. Um, I think Wyndham Clark could be a good little pivot play up here, especially from an ownership standpoint. You know, Pat, I, I do have him I do have him written down as a possible pivot. I, I think you're right. I think between Cole, between Poston, in that range, he's gonna be squeezed out. You know, he does it's, it, but he's had some decent finishes here. I mean, 13th in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't do great at the century, 29th out of 58, 59 guys, but whatever. It's the first event back. Now, did you see the live rumors about Wyndham Clark, by the way? I have not but on today. I did not today, but that I don't know if that would necessarily surprise me. He seems like a guy that like when you think about the live thing and the guys that have taken advantage of, you know, maybe a um a good year or two and gone to live. I'm trying to think of who I would equate it to with him, but um, you know, Wyndham certainly could how about this? Matthew Wolf. Perfect example. Yeah. A guy that had two good years you know, decent years really, but, you know, showed up in some majors, but then just kind of fell off a little bit and, you know, took the live money. Wyndham might be that guy, but I do think Wyndham is an interesting play this week. Um, well, he wins you know, the US Open, locks up all the major entries he needs to, um, and then he's got to feel like this is as high as his stock has ever mm-hmm. been in his career and might be ever, so why not take the bag? Um, 
Yeah, producer Tony says then if if they got him, they'd have three of the four major champions if he goes. Yeah, Brian Harmon next. Potentially, never, what, never live paying up for Brian Harmon. Um, I got here's one. another one. I got I got one more. Okay, and I I don't care if I'm going to take this guy because I think we talked about this guy on the betting show. We had a great moment in the Discord chat on Wednesday night where I I have to you know. Kiss my brain a little bit because I said we have not given a guy a nickname in a while. I typed it in the chat, and then all of a sudden the thing started flying because I didn't come up with this because I just could. I think I just called him Peter Cottontail or something. I don't know what I called him, but our boy Kistler came up with Bunny Nuts, <laughs> and which was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then we actually got to see Bunny Nuts, which we didn't have to see. We didn't want. I didn't want to see that, but no. Um, but Cam Davis is interesting a little bit to me this week at 8,400. Um, don't think he'll be super high owned. He has shown some some good form with this at the, at this course. Um, it might be a Cam Davis week. So there you go. So, well, that's that's who I was going to talk about. Like I don't love that the irons are not. I played a lot of Cam Davis in DFS last week, which looked like a great move. My my dots were all the way on the right in the green after round one, and then he just completely continued to just fade. But the putter is quite hot. And while the approach play has been less than stellar, I think when you get to – I think that's where these easier pin locations in these pro-am positions or pro-am tournaments can make a big difference because, I mean, you know, the, the, the negative approach play for Cam could be on these tucked pins. He's being too aggressive, right? Like he could be being too aggressive and he's missing, he's missing short-sided or he's – whatever and, and and the approach numbers are bad but when you're aiming at more pins that are more middle of the green that you're going to have these first three rounds at least that's easier to make up and and then and then you're, you're on the green and then with as good as he is putting I, I like it so um i think i think cam davis i'm, I'm hoping is going to continue to be a, a little overlooked after a disappointing t30 a t52 at the century it's not it's not like the greatest start for cam davis but if you notice like from a rust factor, <clears throat> lost six strokes on approach at the Century, got that down to one and a half at the Sony, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the Sony, you would argue, I would probably argue, is probably a worse place for him to gain gain strokes. There are some decent long irons here. There's a lot of long irons at. at uh, there's probably more here than at the uh, at Wiley. Um, and and you know you got to eat on these par fives. All these courses have four par fives. He is in my model seventh in par five scoring. Now I can't remember the time frame I put in there, but it's he's seven in par five scoring. So I think Davis is very interesting at eighty four hundred. I hope he's not going to go completely overlooked, but ten percent or less, I'd be very happy to have him twice the field. Yeah, and golly, just the putting numbers, man. Yeah. How about Daniel Berger coming back, huh? And DK, like DK, basically just both in the odds and in the DFS, just basically saying, yeah, Berger's back, but we're going to make it so you can't, you won't, you refuse to touch him. Yeah. Like, the guy hasn't played a tournament since, what, 2021? I like that they put D uh, him and Zalatoris right next to each other. Yeah, Zalatoris is 79. Yeah, um, which at least we did see <laughs> Zalatoris come back at the Hero and look like crap, and then last week looked like crap. Like yeah. So... I think Berger is the only way I would touch Berger in any capacity this week is in DFS, but it would it would have to be like 
5% or less ownership, and maybe I play him at double that projection. So, yeah, 10%, maybe if I'm feeling real squirrely. I don't, I don't know though. I don't think I would even touch him because I think it's now, I think he's going to be better off the jump than Willie Z. And I, I'm not really even sure why I think that. I just feel like Berger had a lot more together overall in the game than than maybe Willie Z. But I, I just I wouldn't touch him this week. And I, I think he, I mean, these guys got to get their feet wet a little bit in golf tournaments. You know, it's a different thing when they're practicing at home in Jupiter, Florida. You know, after they've been out on their boat half the day or whatever, like Berger's probably done. Like I, I don't know. It's just it's. It's just not I, I want to see a good track record before I start to play him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more on, on Willie Z here in a second. Uh, let's get to the 7K range. Before we do, I want to remind everybody about the PGA Tour season-long best ball drafts going down at underdog. Talked about this on the betting show, but we are all in on this underdog best ball stuff. It's a blast. The season-long stuff starts the week of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which by the way, me and Pat will be at the Waste Management this year. Shout out. And it ends at the Open Championship, and you're just going to draft 10 players between now and kickoff on February 8th for the Waste Management. You're going to draft 10 players, uh, and you're going to get the scoring from the best six. Underdog's going to handle it for you, so all you have to do is draft and sit back and sweat it. It is a fantastic format. We absolutely love it. Um, it's really easy to play. Now they have three different contest options for you, a $10 entry, $3, and a $100 entry. So check out the underdog site to uh, look those up. And they're going to be doing tournament long and and round-by-round long best ball contests as well throughout the year. More announcements on that coming. But the season-long stuff is awesome stuff. They've not done this before for the tour. So we need a good response because if we give them a good response we fill these contests, they'll keep putting out good PGA products. And if you don't already have an underdog account, you can click the link in the description and uh, it will give you 100% deposit match up to $100 on underdog so check that out and and the best ball side is legal in most states so even if you've tried to play their uh their pick em game and you can't get in that's okay you probably can get in the best ball tournament so it's a lot of fun i have done one live best ball draft video on the youtube channel you can check that out did that last week just kind of getting my feet wet since then we've done a lot of research on it we're trading a lot of knowledge and information in the discord we've got a whole thread dedicated to this uh this draft and there will be more live best ball drafts on the YouTube channel to come. So check that out. Willie Z, Pat. I don't think, like, Willie Z is, you cannot assume that he's going to be the same guy. And and I I, I hope for him that, that he is, but I was talking about this in the Discord on Thursday when he came out terribly. And I saw people betting him last week and people rostering him. Like, I, I just... To me, it's different when a guy goes through a serious injury like that and you know he's had to change his golf swing. Now, he's super talented, and obviously the people that work with him are going to be smart, right? They're, they're not going to make him change it so much that he can't. I'm not, I'm not saying he's still not obviously a world-class talent. He is. But on the PGA Tour level, it's still a very competitive tour, even though a lot of the good players have gone. But it's a very competitive tour. And I just have to see more. I don't think we're going to all of a sudden see Willie Z go from where he is to like, bang, he's contending. I I will be surprised. If I'm wrong, I will happily admit that I was wrong. But And that's just on the ball striking side. 
We're not even talking about <laughs> the atrocious putter that he has, right? I just feel like we've got to see more from Willie Z in this new move and this new swing and this new way of hitting the golf ball, which was the thing that he was consistent at. You know, he was he was the Scottish. I mean, he was like Scotty Scheffler light, right? Ball striking. You knew he was going to ball strike it. You just didn't know if he's going to make putts. Now he's not doing any of it. And I yeah. just, I'm going to see more. I don't care if he's 4% owned. I just don't. No, Maybe that's I, stupid because I'm saying I would take Berger, but I, I don't, I got to see more from Willie Z. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Willie Z to me just, it doesn't look right. It looks off. Um, I, I don't have any, you know, fear of missing out on Willie Z right now. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, and I like the guy. I think he's a, he's got tons of talent, and hopefully he does get it back at some point, but I'm not going to even touch him. And I don't, I don't, I'm not even concerned about it. If he wins a golf tournament and I don't make any money in DFS in the next month or so, whatever. But I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, so let's, let's take a guess at some of the chalk plays here. This one was a little harder for me to nail down. I feel like, and that may mean that ownership's going to get spread out pretty good here in the 7K range, but you know, in terms of guys who I think got, you know, I referenced getting steamed early in the outright odds. Nick Taylor definitely got steamed. He was mispriced in the outright odds. I think he's a little mispriced here just in terms of a guy who we know can win on courses like this. He's won twice on the tour, maybe three times, I guess it was. One was Pebble Beach, which is similar, coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I think he's interesting. I, I'm I'm starting to wonder if people are getting more and more comfortable playing Eric Van Ruyen. Uh, he's 7,500. He's obviously hitting it well, which feels good. Uh, he's had a good finish here last year, T6. I wonder if people are comfortable, you know, playing playing Eric Van Rien. And the last one I had was uh, was Keith Mitchell. S people seem to love playing Keith Mitchell. I usually don't, um, but for him to come out have a T30 finish at the Sony, you know, T22 here last year. I just wonder at 7,700 if people are interested, but I don't, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in in where the chalk's going to be here. Yeah, I do think it's going to be a little bit spread out. I mean, you could get a little bit of chalk on a guy like Ben Griffin, who a lot of people seem to like last week. Hmm. Um, yeah, maybe, some, maybe some chalk there. I agree. I think Nick Taylor's going to have some. I think Davis Thompson's going to have some because of the fact that he did play so well here last year and almost won. Um and he'll he'll be checking a few boxes when it comes to scoring and that kind of stuff. Um, so I do think he he'll certainly have a, a little bit of chalk. But other than that, I'm not really seeing anybody that um, I, I think there's going to be some really good pivot plays in here. Griffin would be a good cash play, good fifty fifty double up cash play. Yeah, God, I mean that kid, that kid just can't. I keep wanting to fire on him outright too, and he just can't put a, put four together. Um, all right, so who are the pivots you like here? There's a bunch. Of, yeah, there's obviously a bunch of opportunities here. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, now, if I am going to take some chalk, I do think Davis Thompson's a guy that I liked. I talked about him on the betting show. I, you know, this is going to – Thomas Dietrich, man. <laughs> just, really? I did not see that coming. Yeah, I just – there's part of me that wants to take some Dietrich. I mean, he's a good putter. Um. I like that about him. I, I just think Dietrich is a could be a decent play uh, if it's a putting contest, just oh, like uh, Dietrich, huh? Yeah, um, he does check a box in some. Yeah, 
Pendrith is another one. I like Pendrith a lot this week. Um, our T10 last week at the Sony Open, he's he's another one. When you look at um, our model from approach play, putting, birdie or better percentage, I do like Pendrith there at 7,800. Another guy I think, you know, if you're looking down here, kind of, you know, in the mid-range here at 7,500. Now, I'm going to mess this name up, but Rio... His Hisatuncia. <laughs> I couldn't wait for that one. Are <laughs> uh, you? You Hisatuncia. Why did you? Why did you? Why did you turn into uh, you, Cat you, Williams? And you paused because I knew I was like, "Is DB going to save me here?" <laughs> I knew you. Were. No, no, no. I was totally like, <laughs> what, what was uh? Was team? Was it Friday after next? Cat Williams. Uh, Hiss the Tunsay. Hiss the Tunsay. Damon, I am a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's another one, though. Rio's like, I mean, you look at, you know, T30 last week. Um, God, gained almost seven strokes putting, um, you know, almost four strokes total. But he played well at the Zozo with a T6. Barracuda, all the way back at the Barracuda, T10. Um, so this is a guy I think could be interesting. Um, so, you know, certainly low owned. That's for sure. Let me check my Palm Pilot. <laughs> Palm Pilot. Don't be sorry, ho. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Tony bringing in the, the quotes, man. Oh my God. I love that movie. I'm gonna have to watch that again. Um, mm. who are we talking about? Oh, Rio. Rio. Uh, you know, some shows try to say names correctly. F that. Like, why, no. why would we even try to do that? We're not on effing sports. This isn't Sports Center, you know? No. This isn't Sports Center. We don't have I knew I was going to talk about them. Do you think that I, I even looked on Wikipedia or whatever, like, to see what the pronunciation looked like? Huh. No, because I got to say it live on the show and figure it all out. And there's going to be people in the comments going like, oh, if, they, if people pronounce your name wrong, you'd be upset. It's your... No, I wouldn't. I've literally never been mad at anyone. No. People say Burnett and Barrett all the time. Like they just can't do it. They so can I've call never... me Pat Paris, like Pope Paris, and I would be, I would be like, I don't, you know, okay, if that, yeah. if you, if you want to say Paris, fine. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not that offended anyway. Um, okay, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see Hinton say. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know that I'm not going to go all fall in love with this player and playing him everywhere. And then is the first time he shows up, am I going to be smart enough to go, Hey, you know, let, let's let him shake the run. No, I'm not. Bo Hostler is Bo Hostler's going to be probably in the, uh, unless everybody jumps on Bo Hostler, which I don't see that happening. I am, I am buying the Bo Hostler ball striking level up. I bought it in the fall, worked out decent. I'm going to continue to buy it. I'm going to give him some grace this week, if even if it sucks, because it could be a, a you know, rust knock the rust off situation. But I am intrigued. I agree okay. with you on Pendrith. I wonder if because both of us are on Pendrith and neither one of us are like usually on Pendrith. I wonder if that means other people are going to be on him and he's going to be more popular than we thought. But we'll see. Um, Adam Shank, I think is a mm-hmm. good value down here. Interesting to see KH Lee kind of come out of the fall that he was terrible um right like he was let me let me look 
uh, yeah, I mean, outside of the Shriners, <clears throat> kind of kind of a forgettable fall, but comes out, gains five strokes on approach. It's a little intriguing to me. Um, scores what well, occasionally surprisingly does pretty well on par fives in this in this range. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour grad Ben Coles is one I've got circled. A couple others in here that we talked about on the betting show. But yeah, the 7K range is where the best pivots are going to be. And, and honestly, I don't think there's anyone in here good enough that I will 100% like refuse to fade if they're popular and just play them anyway. I'm not going to force. There's no one in here, even Hostler. There's no one in here that I'm going to force into a lineup because I think a lot of these players are appropriately priced. I think they're similar risk, you know, they're, they're similar risk baked into these guys. This is a this is the range. Do not get sucked into a guy. If you just love Sam Ryder, because Sam Ryder's checking every box, and Sam Ryder's 14%, 12%, 13% in here. That's chalky in this range. Don't do it. Statistically, it has not paid off at this tournament. Just yeah. hasn't. Okay. 6K draft, Pat. Ready? Yes. Now we're going to take blocky. You know, Michael Block's in here. Mm, yeah, I know. To, I'm not. going to lead off with Blocky? Not at all. God. Now, I, I can't I can't stand all the, the Blocky stuff. I have to, I have quick, I quickly turned into a hater, a Michael Block hater. He teamed up with DJ Khaled, which is the worst thing you can do in my book, is do that. Um, he did that back in the yeah, summer. I hate mm -hmm. to see that. Um, you know what? I will say his son puts out some pretty decent content. Have you ever run across his son's stuff on Instagram or TikTok? Blocky's son or DJ? Yeah. Okay. Blocky's no. son. He's a good player, obviously. Really yeah. good. I have he's, got some, he's got some good stuff. All right. 6K draft. Uh, I'm going to start. I feel like I keep letting you start. Uh, I think Bobby Mack in the 6K range is ridiculous. I went off on it in the betting show. I think his number is too long. 6,800 for a guy. Of his caliber, I know he's full-time PJ Tour for the first season. He's going to see a lot of these places for the first time. I don't think PJ West is a tough place to figure out. I don't think you have to have a lot of record here, experience here. Uh, but this guy's, you know, won twice on the DP World Tour. He's got good finishes in majors. Should have won the Genesis Scottish last year in a great field. I think Bobby Mack's legit. 6,800 feels too cheap. Yeah, I like Bobby Mack, too. Big fan there. Um, I'll go back to a guy that finished well last week. Um, Could have won the golf tournament. Uh, Carl Yuan is at 6,900. Uh, I'm just, I'll ride that hot form with that T4 last week. Yeah, you know, you're right, Pat. I know you mentioned it. We did we did have a nice 6K draft last, last week. Five of six made the cut. We had Bobby Mack, Mab McNeely, Grayson Sig, Toasty, Tyler Duncan. The one that missed the cut was my boy Vince Whaley. Yeah. I'm a little tempted to go back to. Maybe I just have a thing for him. I'm just a little tempted to go back to Vince Whaley. Uh, but I'm not going to do that here. I am going to take – I'm actually going to get back on Mav McNeely. I'm going to okay. keep going with Mav. I like Mav in a putting contest. Uh, historically, just an absolutely fantastic putter. Came out first event of the season. Got last week at the Sony, gaining almost four strokes putting. Approach play was a little rusty. That's normally his issue. But, you know, again – Easier pin positions, easier pin locations, make a bunch of putts in perfect weather. I think that's math speed. Okay. Um, you know, first, this will be the first time I'm going with this guy this year. Obviously, it's, it's you know, we've only done three golf tournaments. But um, I think 
you know, you talk about a, a, a pro-am type format. Joel Damon is perfect in that format. Um, I like Damon a lot this week, and you're getting them at 6,400. Joel and Gina, if you draw them in a pro-am, you're having a good time. You're having a good time. And, you know, made the cut last week, didn't have a good weekend. Ha- um, helped everybody else make the cut last he week. He did. That was amazing. <laughs> My goodness. Um, didn't do much with it, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to get a little bit off the off the path here and go back to a guy who I guess I, I took for a spin a few times last year. Took took for a spin. And I think at one point I may have said, you know, could he be the better C Young on your PJ Tour app? And I'm not talking about Cameron Young. I'm talking about Carson Young. Okay. Carson Young, very accurate, highly accurate driver of the golf ball. Um, checks the box in uh, bogey avoidance, par three scoring. I, I included that in my model just because the par threes are the only teeth out here. So you got to do well on those. Uh, fourth in my model in this field in par, par three scoring. I did some stuff on Pete Dye. He's fourth in Pete Dye courses. Uh, the, the approach play has been solid. Um, checks the box there. In fact, he is 35th in my model at $6,300. And we saw him have some decent finishes last year. Nine, top 10 at the Worldwide Technology. Top 20 at the Fortinet. 15th at the Travelers. That was an elevated event. T21 at Colonial. T14 at the Byron Nelson. T20 at RBC Heritage. P, see the P. Dye course here? Um, I, I think I think Carson Young is an interesting play at only 6,300. Okay. Um, man, this is, this is getting tough. Um this 6K range is not as juicy as last week's. It's still good, but it's not as good as last week's, I think. Yeah, and I almost want to go, like, even just, like, stay it, like, really cheap. But um, I, I think – now, this is this could bite me, but I think I'm going to go with Camp Champ. Oh! Camp up there at 6,900. Um, I, I think when I, you know, look at a bunch of par fives that you can score on, yeah, that's that's the main reason I want to look at, at Camp Champ. Um 6,900, we'll go with him. He better do it because you know he ain't going to score on the par threes and the par fours. All right, 6K draft is Bobby Mack, Mab McNeely, Carl Yuan, Carson Young, Joel Damon, and Cam Champ. That is your 6K draft. And we're not done because it is time for one of our favorite segments. We haven't done it in a long time, but you can catch this every Wednesday in the Chalk Bomb email at the very bottom. In fact, our friend Joel Damon, subscribes to the chalk bomb email opens it weekly scrolls to the bottom only for the section called pontificate with pat random thoughts from pat what goes through that brain of yours so pat you've uh you've got a few for us on mm-hmm. tonight's dfs show yeah we'll uh we'll discuss tony yeah. feel free to chime in here too if you, if you had I, I got a few i got i may have thrown in some extras and some of these have uh or maybe all of them have been in the pontificates of the past. Um, I tried to um, kind of take some highlights. I can't give away all the goods, DB, because I'm I'm keeping a running list of future ones that I want to use. Some um, people would want to know how do you come up with your pontificates? How do you how do you keep up with that? Uh, the little notes app on your phone, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a little you know I have that. Uh, that I use on my phone and I, and I come up with them just randomly. Like sometimes it's in the middle of the night when I get up to go pee 
sometimes it's, you know, I'm driving on the road and I notice something that's just drives me crazy traveling a lot of things come to me when I'm traveling. Cause I'm weird about a lot of things. And so traveling, uh, being in new environments that I haven't been in a, in a while or something mm. that's kind of off, like not part of my daily routine, that's where they come to me. Um, so it's just all kinds of different things. Um, well, we get, I'm sure we'll get some pontificates in a couple of weeks when we go to the waste management. Oh, we'll definitely get some there. The first one's this, and then it's just when I go do regular things and I don't understand why things work the way they do. This is one of them. I don't understand why, why it takes pharmacists so long to put <laughs> pills in a bottle. I agree. What the crap is wrong with that? I mean, why do you go, why can't they fill a bottle yeah. up right there and give it to you? You got to come back two hours later or sometimes <laughs> yeah. a day yeah. later. That is ridiculous. I, I agree just, with that. I, I don't understand. Now, I get that people could be ahead of you in line, but what are they doing? I don't, I don't know what's going on. I need to understand the pharmacist world a little bit better, <laughs> but that's one of them. If you're a pharmacist, comment on the show. Let yeah. us know. We have a pharmacist in the uh, yeah, shout out shout out Evan in the. I'm sure uh, Evan's probably told us in the Discord, but yeah. Um, you just count the pills, put it in the box, slap a label on it, put it in the counter, ring it up. It's done. Yeah, I could do that yeah. job in my sleep. Yeah, I don't understand it. Here's another one. You know when you're gonna do like a frozen pizza or anything frozen in your microwave or something? Not a frozen pizza because that you do in the oven, but yeah. either way. How the F am I supposed to tell how many watts my microwave is? I don't know. I don't know that either. I mean, I don't know. It's like, all right, yeah. you can only cook it. You cook it four minutes in a, in a 1400 watt. You cook it this many minutes. I'm like, I don't know how many watts my microwave is. What? And how do I know? How do I find that out? Isn't there a label though on the inside somewhere? I, I feel like I've seen it. It's, there should be a button that just, just says how many watts. Boom. Inform an information button. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always a... One of the, the long-standing arguments between people in life is um, whether they they like pineapples on top of their pizzas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huge pineapple on a pizza guy. I'm not a pineapple. Well, you know, maybe pineapple fans don't want pizza underneath their pineapples. Oh, that's stupid. That's I mean, that's just stupid. You just may I may as a pineapple lover, I don't I don't want a pizza underneath there. <laughs> but you don't like pineapple on pizza? No. When's the last time you tried it? It's been a while. You remember Mazio's pizza? Mm -mm. In Augusta. You don't remember Mazio's? Mm -mm. It was over there like on the corner where um like if you uh, kind of near Augusta National, like where um, where T Bones is, mm. Mm, there was that. a McDonald's there now, but there used to be, and there was a Fazoli's, I think. Oh, or something. God, Fazoli's! I remember Fazoli. I freaking love yeah. Fazoli's. Those free breadsticks, God dang! Mm. Spaghetti and meatballs for like seven bucks with unlimited breadsticks when I was in high school. Ugh. Yeah, I used to kill Fazoli's. I was wrecked when they tore that down. Yeah, I got one more. Okay. This is a more recent one. I know you told me not to do a more recent one, but I, I had to do this one. You know, every single shaving commercial that's on there 
when they do the slow motion of the the razor <laughs> coming across the whisker, it's like you see like the razor gets in there and the whisker raises and it cuts it and it has this beautiful like graphic. Times, like yeah, and, and, and like here's why you need the six blade razor. There's no way that's what that actually looks like in real life. You know, but every single commercial they do it the same way. It's like a perfectly yeah. cut whisker. Yeah, I need to see that in real life. I need to see a real yeah. life slow mo somehow. But I don't know how you get a camera. I don't know how you get a camera there. So then, how do they know that? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I think it's a it's a total fabrication. They make people think this is how a whisker is cut. <laughs> and it's not cut that way, I don't think. So we need we need a pharmacist and a a, a razor person, a, maybe a maybe a razor salesperson or something that is yeah. out there. Comment, let us know. Let mm -hmm. us know. Producer Tony said he has one. Also, producer Tony appears to be a pineapple on a pizza guy. Which shout out? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. A little, little white pizza, some ricotta, pineapple, bacon. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind a white pizza. I just don't want pineapple on it. So I don't want fruit on many things. I don't like fruit on salads. I don't want a strawberry in my salad. I don't want an apple in my salad. I don't oh, like that. I, I like a good strawberry or mandarin orange in like a spring salad. It's very good. Mm -hmm. Some chicken. So yeah. maybe something we can add to this, fellas, is what does Google say about Pat's pontifications? Oh, that's good. So obviously, yeah, you can... Most of the microwaves or an oven have the little sticker right on there that'll tell you the wattage. But if you're a little more uh, fanatical, you can get a glass container, a measuring cup, and some ice cold water. And at 500 watts and your water boils, when your water boils at three and a half minutes, then that means you have 500 watts of wattage. You got 600, 750, there's different times and whatnot. Mm. So you do a little experiment. You got kids yeah. out there, you can find out the wattage. Yeah, you can do that on Instagram, Pat. Mm. So the one that I have for you guys, and uh, I was actually, I was thinking about this. I was going to bring it up to you guys after the show, actually. So I uh, didn't realize that you guys already had had a bit about this. So this goes just, just perfectly. Uh, and maybe this is a little bit of a drunk idea, drunk thought, kind mm. of. Oh, but, that's another time when the pontificates come, by the way, going back to the... <laughs> yeah, and the drinks are flowing. Yeah. So I feel like this this fits perfect, but... I was driving with the wife the other night. We went out for a nice little date night, had some Italian, very, very good lasagna. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking, do you guys ever think about just the infrastructure of roads and just how much concrete highway, you know what, cars have been around for 125 years, maybe a little bit more, whatever it is. Yeah. And the fact that there are just so many miles of road. Yeah. In the And just, I'm just think, thinking the U.S., but you can go yeah. the whole world. Just, yeah. You you know what I think about sometimes? I think about like what's under stuff. I was I go to the I go to this um I go to this gym that's actually a part of a church and I when I go I, I always shower after afterwards I do a steam, I do a hot steam and I take a cold shower. You know, I'm Joe Roganing myself to get better health or whatever. And I was I was I was I was in the shower and I'm looking at the drain and all of a sudden my, my brain pops up and just goes Man, imagine all the stuff under this big old church. It's one of those like big mega church things with everything you can imagine in it. And I'm just thinking about all that's under the ground. You know, you ever think about that? I always think of like infrastructure underground. Like, man, if 
if you just rip the top layer of this thing off, there's like internet under there and there's road, old road, and there's pipes of full of shit under there and just crazy stuff under us. Well, then you think about that. And then if you're a little fanatical in the brain like me, you go into the sci-fi world where, okay, one of these pipes leads down to the underground sewage drainage and then you're walking through that and then that leads to like narnia or something like that and there's just, yeah. yeah there's just whole other universe that's out there yeah. just because you were taking a shower at the gym Go ahead, see man. i don't i think about uh kind of like when you're along those lines sort of like they're they're building a a big new gas station complex down the street from where i live and they've just been tearing down these woods and it's a lot of woods and i think about like is there there's pieces of this woods where not a single person has ever walked on the face of the earth all this time nobody walked on this spot in the woods and then i think about like what do they find in there i mean what if they found like a coke can from 1948 in there or something <laughs> You know, like what, what if, if they, they found did? what if they found a, a Miller Lite can from nineteen sixty five? Like what are they finding when they're when they're tearing all those woods down that nobody's in because there was nothing there before? But I'm most, always interested to know like what are they finding in there, you know? If there was no one there before, then there would be nothing there now, right? Let's not okay, all right. <laughs> Semantics. Semantics. So maybe off. somebody walked through there and they dropped a Coke can. Okay. Like, I don't know because they're dense woods, is what I'm talking about. But so somebody probably was in there on earth. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to steer us off the cliff here before we go because I, I, I had this thought the other day and now I've already kind of started to talk about it. But so at this church, right, there's a lot of old people and there's young people, but there's also a lot of old people that work out at this thing. And listen, if you go to a real gym, like a big gym that's only a gym, and you want to walk around naked in the locker room, whatever. But to me, and I, I don't attend this church, but I'm sorry. Like, if I look at some of these guys, I'm like, that guy is 100% like an usher or a deacon or something. You know, he, he walks by and he passes the plate or whatever he does. He takes you to your seat where you come in late and he finds a seat for you or whatever. He passes you a thing, a, ta a, a pamphlet. If you are that man and you do that in the church, you should not be allowed to be in the locker room and sh and sh let your dusty cock and balls hang out all over the locker room. Because if I attend that church and I see you in there, then I cannot help. I can't help. But every time you pass down the aisle and you, I'm trying to, you know, get a brochure on something and I look up and there you are. And then my mind just goes to seeing your dusty old balls 48 hours ago in the gym. You should not be allowed to do that. If you have a public position at church, you should not be allowed to walk around naked in the locker room. I don't think anybody should be able to walk around naked in a locker room, to be honest. Like, I think that's an old person thing. They, they do that. And it's just, they let it all hang out walking through. A, it's unbelievable. Like a, I'm like, what? Yeah. I, I think new age people like us, even though I'm, you know, 46 years old, like. Yeah, but do you think, yeah, but do you think that, that that you hit a point, though, in your age, in your life where you, you just go, F it, I don't care. And you do I don't it? know. Maybe so. Does that come? By later? the way, that's another thing. When you get older, I realize this. 
I, I thought all year I was 45, and then I started doing the math today, and I was, like, calculating, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm 46. <laughs> I told somebody the other day I was 45, and then I started thinking about it, and I was like, wait a second. No, I'm 46. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. You got to be 47 in March. Oh, God. All right. I do think there's a cutoff age for that though, because I'm, I'm 35. And when I was in high school, we'd have gym class and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I was like, do I just drop trowel and just get mm -hmm. naked and shower or do I stink the rest of the day? Mm -hmm. Cause I, there was one year I had gym class at like nine 30. Yeah. So I had class all the rest of the day. But I think if, you know, we got three different age groups here, 35, 40 and 45, six or seven. Uh, with Pat. So I, I think that it's, I think that that cutoff line for you're just naked and you walk around in the, in the gym shower or whatever, I think that's getting pushed back. Or let me go that way. So the camera gets it, but it's just getting pushed further and further where people in their maybe 50s, 60s, that was just the norm. But I don't think that that's, you know, for a yeah. certain age group, I think there's a cutoff there. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. probably right. I, I just don't, yeah. I, I just sit there and think about like, I, literally tomorrow if i'm there on a tuesday and you got a wednesday night service like the next day i could see the same dude that i had to sit there and watch you know walk around the locker room. i could see him smiling and giving me a pamphlet about a men's conference and i just can't <laughs> i need you to not do that if that's you just, or, just or, visualize or, him as what pig big pair of balls that's all yeah. you see it's not even a person <laughs> yeah or if you, <laughs> if you if you play the cajon in an acoustic you know men's quartet or you're the I, I just can't you're the announcement guy if you are on stage or you are you are doing you are serving the people in the church you are not allowed to do that you just can't do it you have to forfeit your rights to be able to do that when you sign up and volunteer <laughs> you have to sign a thing that says I, I i promise i will not you know show myself in the locker room the balls yeah, yeah. I, I, i'm with you well, I, this one went off the cliff for sure. Thanks, everybody, for uh, checking it out, tuning in, Tour Junkies, DraftKings DFS preview for the American Express. Check out the Thursday show that's dropping every single week. We still don't have a name for it. We might have one by the time this Thursday rolls around. Um, and actually, Pat, you know what I just thought about? I won't even be here on Thursday. I'm going to Tahoe for my 40th birthday trip. So you and Tony need to figure that out. We'll work on that. You good? I think so. I just you're you're just threw that on me. So I know I just thought out. about it. I just thought about it. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. Mayor Screens be green. See ya.